Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's moving right along. Moving right along in search of good times and good news with good friends you can lose. This could become a habit. Opportunity knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin. And moving right along. Mm-hmm. And we will be moving right along. To another episode of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David. Mm-hmm. My name is Tim. Grover is on Sesame Street, but Gonzo is on the Muppets. There we are. We're here to talk about the Alkaline Trio. We're also here to talk about the Muppets. Yes, we are. It's a special edition of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, brought to us by our Patreon subscribers, the voters of the big super poll that mm-hmm. everybody was talking about. Everybody's talking about, oh, the big halftime special at the super poll. I almost made that joke in the last episode and, and held off, and I like that you couldn't, you just had to do it this time. Yeah, I just had to. Give you a little room. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you give a Gonzo a super poll... Um, I think I identify heavily with a lot of the Muppets, really. I'm not, all right, so I'm not a huge Muppets person. I didn't grow up Neither with am them. I. I did grow up watching Muppet Babies. Same. On Nick Jr. And I did grow up with Sesame Street, which pop quiz hotshot. Uh-huh. Are Sesame Street characters Muppets? I have no idea. I assume not. That's what I think the correct answer is. I think that we're in the minority. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'm just going to, similar to you, just lay this down up top. Nothing against the Muppets. Nothing against Sesame Street. This is going to be something against America. Yes. If it's going to be. But I never really watched either of them growing mm-hmm. up. So, mm-hmm. like, while I have affection and I've seen some of the Muppet movies and enjoyed them, and I, you know, think... Sesame Street's great. I never really watched it, so f- my personal connection to both these properties is is kind of limited. All right. Well, I grew up. I with... do. I do want to make a his hero is Gonzo T-shirt design. Um, but yeah, that would know. sell. That would sell well. Yeah, so I assume a whole lot of people would buy that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I held off on that one last episode too, but you jumped all over it. Thank you, goodness. Um. So I grew up watching a lot of Sesame Street. I also grew up with a, a little toy record player and had a lot of Sesame Street records. Mm. And I would listen to those a lot. And my babies were pretty big, but never really got too big on the Muppets. Still haven't seen the movie that this song originally comes from, which is just Muppet Movie 1979. I have seen that. Is it I- good? It's enjoyable. It's fun. Did uh, you like the Jason Siegel one? See, we all I never, saw that. I never saw that one. Oh, okay. that's that's where I fall off here. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't have that context. That one's very good. It's that's a what cute little uh, number. I love that Jason Siegel like loves the Muppets. He just loves the Muppets, and so I do, much. I do love that kind of energy from people where like this is a thing I grew up on. I'm very into it, and I want it to exist. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Obviously, like. There are probably bad examples of that too, mm-hmm. 
but in this case i find it very it's all very wholesome like there like there's nothing like you watch the muppet movie and you can't not be just like oh this is great yeah it's very wholesome everybody's got very good energy Mm -hmm. within it um i think that it's an interesting franchise when you look at how there have been a lot of attempts to kind of bring it back. Yes. And it, there's never really been one that has kept through. Jason yeah. Siegel made the movie, but nobody saw the sequel. And when Disney yeah. bought it in the 2000s, they tried then. And there was a show on TV recently within the past few years, correct? Yeah. And like, for some reason, it just never seems to click, even though I think everybody's got such affection for... Well, I th- I, th- I think I, I think everyone has affection for it, but I think I don't know how much it crosses the boundary lines. Like, I imagine people five years younger than me have even less of a connection to it just because I don't know if it was on as much or as accessible. And when you look at the evolution of child children's entertainment, it really kind of pivots super hard to animation at a certain point, you know, which Muppet Babies obviously was, and I think was not my primary, but was an exposure. I had a Muppet Babies video game for SNES that was fun. Um, I think a Looney Tunes one too. Like, like mm-hmm. I was kind of peripherally into all of it, though had no like fondness for any of it because I also grew up watching The Simpsons and things like that. So for me, like, it makes sense why, like, for me, like The Simpsons were my childhood. Yeah. And then I imagine a few years later, it's like SpongeBob, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we see these kind of rotating things, which is natural. But you know, the Muppets and Sesame Street and all that—it's their institutions. For a good reason. Yeah. But I think they feel kind of disconnected in a little way. I think Sesame Street has, since it's just been so consistent, has Mm -hmm. kind of always been part of, uh, you know, the cultural conversation. Disney has just found a way to continuously make products and also have their old shit still be meaningful. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, growing up in the 90s, Looney Tunes were so hot. Yeah. And they Taz, just baby. Off. Oh my God, Taz, Tweety Bird. I mean, when you think about it, like with something like Space Jam, yeah. you know, that really kind of like, I think, opened that up, right? And I think there's not been, a, like, I think the Muppets movie Jason Siegel made, why are you peeing while we're doing this? <laughs> um, the Muppets movie Jason Siegel made was kind of an attempt at that. Like, let's try and bring this into the now. I don't know if it worked in the same way, and I don't know if they've been able to do that in the same way because with Looney Tunes, there is even just a slightly more crass version of it. Yeah. You know, there's... Especially if you go way back. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, but, you know, like, it's it's not as straight up, like, wholesome. Yeah, yeah. Bugs Bunny was just such a little stinker, you he know? was a little stinker. And I don't... It's, it's aside from Piggy... There's no real nefariousness going on in the Muppets. Yeah, and I think there's, like, if you look at, you know, something like Space Jam, for example, where it's, like, there is a little bit of, like, a potty humor. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get that from the Muppets. Really. It's true. You know, obviously the pig wants to fuck the frog, but that's not, like, as explicit. And maybe... I, I've always thought that there was a thing going on between the two guys... 
in the top in the balcony statler yeah. and, and yes. waldorf yes they, they're kind of they got got the burton or any energy going on right yeah, yeah um i will say that a big probably for for my personal uh uh life the biggest muppet thing that happened was the weezer music video for keep fishing that was big that was big and that was fucking so fun and i've still got such a fondness for it yeah i mean that was great and i think that was also an era where imo Weezer were still pretty good like i like knowledge right a lot as a record great record um pretty underrated i think when people discuss them and i think they were doing a lot of stuff in the music video space at that time that was pretty important with like that and then i had a weezer dvd of their music videos yeah and i think like that just spoke to like they are this kind of transcendent thing i don't know if they've had the same thing you know aside from in in the past five years you know like i no 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 uh, muppets like they haven't had that same like obviously jason siegel is a big Mm -hmm. voice for that i don't know if they've had that same kind of advocate that's crossed the lines i think i think that movie was still very much geared towards an older audience and i think it still very much hit those people um this is obviously clearly a version of that oh yeah you know uh i was reading about it with disney this was the second record they did that was kind of like this they had done one i think a year or two prior where they were, uh, I think it was called like Nightmare Reimagined or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it was th- them doing, having modern rock bands do the Nightmare Before Christmas songs. And thank fucking Christ, Al Klein didn't get tapped for that. Oh my God. Um, that Rise Against version of Making Christmas is embarrassing. Uh, Damn. That's fucking rough. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. What a strange fucking phenomenon. Yes. Because that shit still moves units. Yeah, and, like, how? Like, I guess that's kind of my point, is, like, that's not a brand that I think needed revitalizing at that time. Yeah. Hot Topic had it going for them. It was fine. hmm However, the Muppets maybe do need a little help. Yeah, and what you had was this, this uh, compilation wasn't really in any it's not like this was the soundtrack to the movie yes but it was part of all of that um you had you know part of part of muppet fever 2011 if you will Mm -hmm. um but not only alkaline trio but weezer and and Haley williams from paramore did a song for it okay okay go Uh did the theme song and I'm sure that they did a funny music video. I'm sure they it. did. Um, but also, I got I listened to the My Morning Jacket track that's on here. Mm-hmm. Fucking, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is it, there's something about children's music that gets me really fucking emotional. It's really? like it's like children's entertainment can do that for me i wouldn't the music in that space doesn't often uh, yeah it's it, it's maybe it's just children's entertainment in that in that way um but it's 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 like it's like dads and movies about baseball or like <laughs> or like watching videos of like the basketball team and like the you know the the kid who, who's like fucking a foot shorter than everybody else makes makes a shot um 
I get really fucking welled up with all of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. before you came over, I listened to Andrew Bird and, and Jim James and had a bit of an emotional sure. session. I get that. Um, there's a video out there of the Goo Goo Dolls on Sesame Street where they do they do Pride with Elmo. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just about all the things that Elmo should be proud of himself sure. for doing. You know, I mean, let the good thoughts fill your head. You're very proud and red. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a beauty to that that I think is like, I don't know. It, there's a reason that stuff exists, and there's a reason that stuff matters, mm-hmm. right? And like, there's a reason that all these artists contributed because it's like something that means something. Um, I have such a weirder relationship because I I just didn't grow up on a lot of it. Yeah, you know, so like that wasn't part of my diet. You know, uh, I think that like I was deprived. That's what I'm saying. Um, My version of it was Pee Wee. Pee Wee's Playhouse was such a fun, uh, wholesome program. It was silly, um, but there was always there was always one or two things that were Mm -hmm. just like explicitly like, you know. Oh, I'm doing this thing for my friend because doing things for my friends make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I that kind of life lessons and stuff is very important. That's like the the intrinsic purpose of it. Um, I think I bristle a little bit with sometimes like children's music mm-hmm. um, because it, to me, it's always felt somewhat reductive in, in terms of structure. And, and the thing I reach to with this is... They might be giants who I fucking hate. Um, I was in a record store a couple weeks ago and they were playing a my they might be giants record and I had to leave. I was so deeply <laughs> bothered. And that's a band that I just I, I can't fuck with. And so like my whole point with this is that like I love children's movies mm-hmm. or things geared towards that because I think there is that emotional resonance. Right. And like, obviously, I think music is does that same thing. But I, I just didn't grow up having it around and mm-hmm. with not having uh, much exposure to, you know, really the Muppets or Sesame Street stuff or even like Mr. Rogers. Why well, like l- have nothing but reverence for all of it. For me, it's, it's just never hit in the same way because I'm broken. <laughs> well. I mean, if you've been broken this long, you know that there's no fixing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, good luck to you. But I think that there's there is something to be said about the just kind of old timey feel sure. to all of it, and the maybe the simplicity of of certain things. Because I think that this is this is here's me uh getting on my this is why i dropped out of an elementary education program uh kids are smart kids are fucking capable and yes and they don't need to be talked down to 100 percent constantly and raising uh raising kids with the idea that they should be presented with any type of art that isn't challenging to them um it's just a little silly and if there are 
parents out there play your fucking records for your kids like i mean they're gonna was, like them that was my experience yeah so it was like my mom just played what she liked and so did my uncles and grandparents so like what i heard at a young age was van morrison and sam cook and even green day and shit so like for me i think it was just for me starting there it was it was really hard to kind of connect to something in that realm not to say any of it's bad except for they might be giants who should stop making music forever <laughs> and all their things should be burned um that would notwithstanding um yeah like i i definitely respect it and think it's there, there is a necessity you mm-hmm. know there's a reason people do it and there's a reason people care there's a reason people like mike park or matt Pryor have also made children's records you know yeah and i think that's cool um but I think so often that the messages of art are universal and I think you can kind of get them from anywhere. And obviously I think there's a necessity to have something that is pleasant and, and, and good. You know, I'm, I'm not going to play dark throne for my six year old that I just invented, uh, who is alive somewhere that I'm neglecting. But like, I think there is a necessity to, it's, it's why something like a uh, nightmare before Christmas, I think remains resonant because there is a darkness to it. There is an element of making kids confront something that's maybe a little scary or unpleasant that I, I don't often get in some of the other things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, this song moving right along. What do you think? Oh, I like it. It's not even a kid's song. Really? It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's just super fun. It's just, uh, it's just Kermit and, and Fozzie bear just, moving along they're going they're going to california yep i um, see big bird on the way yeah well i guess it, is big bird a muppet no i think because in the movie and then the little clip it's like you know big bird's like oh I'm, I'm going to new york city to be a star on public television and like it's kind of like a weird in-choke mm-hmm. which interesting i love that uh me too it's surprising um but yeah, I think I think that's just a crossover. You know, it's a crossover for the ages. Mm-hmm. Same creator, but it's like it, it, Indiana Jones isn't part of the Star Wars universe that we know of. <laughs> yeah, this song's super fun, and it's uh, I love that it's just the sound of Matt and Dan having so much fun making it. I mean, that's the thing is, from when I first heard it. There, you can't be negative about it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's vocal delivery in a lot of spots is super goofy, which is what it needs to be. Just love him shouting. Yeah, come on, Danny. <sighs> like that's really cute. I've long had the theory that like they got asked to do it, and then like called up Derek and were like, "Hey, Derek, uh, can you do all the music for this?" <laughs> yeah, that little spooky uh, piano. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know. It's just like it's the type of cover where it. It's not at, it's, it's obviously faithful to the original. It's a little more sped up. There's a little more uh, pep in the step, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, there, I don't know what there is to really dislike. You know, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's leaving their stamp on it a little bit. It's pretty fun. It's pretty cute. They're clearly having a good time. I doubt it has ever been played live or will ever be played live. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone needs that. But it's cool. It's funny to think about how well Dan's voice works for this type of thing. Yes. He has such a just like teddy bear voice to him. Well, it's just the he has this kind of like rounded nature to his vocal delivery Mm -hmm. that I think 
for some people has has been a point of contention on various uncertain material. Yeah, sure. But here it's just so warm. It's just so simple. It's so comforting and soothing. It's just a really, really good play for him where Matt has to be a little more outsized to, I think, make it fit mm-hmm. and kind of maybe move away from some of his hallmarks, whereas Dan is just like, oh, yeah, this is just straight away what you do. Right, and Matt's just like, I shat the bed. And Dan's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're a Muppet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the type of thing where – if someone's mad about this, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't really know how I'm going to rank this. I don't know how this fits into the canon. That's I feel an like odd this discussion. is this is an NR. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like unlike other covers where they're like covering a band or whatever. This is just, it's like covering a standard. It's like, how am I going to judge mm-hmm. a cover of this land is your land? Like, okay, it exists. <laughs> cool. You know, like it's it's a little harder to make sense of this one for me, but I think it's like if you've not heard it, listen to it. You'll have a nice time. God, it's so fun. And it's, if you like the Muppets and you like this band, there's no reason you would not enjoy what this is. And I think that they do a really good job of just playing off the energy of the fact that this song is a conversation. It's yes. it's two people, or it's a frog and a bear, and they're yeah. driving in a car together. Yes, uh, talking about going to California, and it's. Yeah, it's the, the the idea that really this song is is about the fact that the drive can be the fun part. Yeah, the journey is the joy. Mm-hmm. Getting there is is fun too. It's not just the end, which I mean, we got we got plenty of of fucking like foreign movies that are just about that too, and they're just in darker terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I love fucking Fozzie Bear. I think he's yeah. for me. He's the Muppet that I identify with I, the most. He wears a hat. How can you not? <laughs> it's if it's it's got to be like I think my perfect characters of that ilk are the ones that have the tinge of sadness to them, mm-hmm. the dopiness, and just the wholesome energy. Fozzie's got it. Winnie the Pooh's got it. Can I take this in a direction that's a hard pivot but relates? Yes. Um, I love Cookie Monster, who is Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Fozzie Bear. He's oh. definitely a Muppet. Really? I think so. I well, no, he's on Sesame Street, but like, look at that guy. He's a Muppet. So, I think that's where we're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is... It's tough for me, but I think I know we're coming mean. to the conclusion here. So, I love Cookie Monster, not just because he loves cookies, which are great, but he's so... He is what uh, really warms my heart. He's so pure. Mm-hmm. He he has one simple thing, and he goes through the world, not necessarily comparing everything to cookies, but he just he just wants to be happy, have a nice time, eat his favorite snack. And I'm going to compare this to Wesley Willis <laughs> because I love Wesley so much, and there's a lot of people who I think look at him or view him through this lens of, I I don't want to say, I, I think there can be a fandom of him that is a little gross. That's like, yeah. um, you know, look at this mentally disabled idiot. Like there's a fetishization of Daniel it. Johnston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of all those people yeah. um, of, of stranger outsider artists. 
But what I want to say is, uh, Wesley has always appealed to me, and and, and it, it was a conversation I had with our friend Lior, uh, who works at The Reader, about him, where there's a great archive where you can just pull up a bunch of songs. Someone's uploaded a bunch of the CDs he just self-released. You can just go through them. And, and what I hear is such a pure joy of someone who had such a hard life, such a difficult experience, who just loved his friends and loved music and loved all those things so honestly that he just had to write songs about them. Yeah. And to me, he's the personification of what those characters represent, of just this, this is who I am, this is the one or two things I do, and that's great. And I think there's there's an inherent beauty to characters like a cookie monster who just do one thing and just approach life with such an appreciation and love and joy of everything that seeing something like the Muppets, seeing something like Sesame Street, whomever, like it's kind of impossible to not feel a little bit of that same excitement. There's something about like Cookie Monster singing the fucking seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field that's never not going to be endearing. Yeah. So like regardless of my feeling about the Muppets or Sesame Street or whatever, hearing a song like this, it's just like, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to see people have fun and be so driven by something that is a pure distillation of joy. Yeah. And that's what listening to this expresses. Like we talk about Matt and Dan and Derek and whomever in this band in terms that can be a little conceptual or high minded or involve a lot of deep reading into it. But at the core of it, they're people who like to play music and they like to be in each other's company. Maybe that's not always the case. But when you hear something like this, you can't help but hear the same people who got into a room together because they just want to make music. Yeah. And that is fun. And that is awesome. And so listening to this, like, it's just such a nice reminder of like, yes, yeah, sometimes things can just be fun. Sometimes things don't need to be this like beautiful distillation of an artistic self. Sometimes you just want to have a nice time with your friends. And this is that. I am thinking about my friend Ben very much right now. He's the biggest wrestling fan Mm -hmm. that I know. He only wants to watch wrestling because he likes it. Yeah. He's so not negative about it. And it's such a joy to be around a person like that who you know is smarter than you. Mm -hmm. You know sees the criticisms in something that you're thinking but he's finding good in all of it and if it's not good for him there he's finding it somewhere else yeah also checked in and leor has not listened to all-star yet today fucked up um yeah i i think that it's kind of it's really something to see that the Alkaline Trio, this band that started in the basement of crappy apartment, mm-hmm. is being asked to do something like this. Yeah. This is something that you get asked to do it, and if you're anything other than an idiot, you're just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I can be on a I record with the Airborne Toxic event. <laughs> And the singer from Evanescence, not the wake me up guy. Wake me up. Um, 
it's just it's Can't just wake fun. Up. Yeah, no, I mean that's my point is like I think the reason you and I also do this thing we do here is a part of that. You know, like on the recent Patreon we were critical of a lot of things. Sorry, the men singers. But like if people like it and enjoy it, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it, sometimes maybe it doesn't need to be more than just like we have fun talking about this band and talking about these songs. That's cool. That's cool, baby. You know, uh, sometimes you just need to be reminded of what it was like to be a kid and just want to do it because that's what you wanted to do. Right. And I think that's what the Muppets represent. I think that's what all children's entertainment represents is like it levels you and brings you back to a place where it's like, yeah, these concerns are always part of a life. The difficulty of being a child is no different from the difficulty of being an adult. There's a lot of emotional terrorism that exists in this world. And sometimes it's just okay to like enjoy something that is pure, that reminds you of why you care about any of the things you care about at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Obviously that's something that like is so closely tied to nostalgia, but I think it's just also tied to the fact that like we just all want to have a nice time. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget that really you just want to have a nice time. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that get in the way. And I love bringing up Cookie Monster because he just wants all of, he just wants the things that he loves the most. And he never makes it happen at anybody else's expense. No, he's He's, never hurting anybody. Yeah. I was, when you started, I was thinking about Chloe down here, but she has zero regard for anybody else. No, she just wants the cookies. So we're going to go ahead and and pass by rating this song because it doesn't really make sense for the nature of it. Yeah. It's a good time. And if you haven't heard it, you you can find it on Spotify, which is where you can also find us. That's right. In the same place. In the flesh. You can follow us on Spotify and it'll it'll update you with new episodes when they come out. And you can still listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and I think pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. I think we can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. It's a way for you to help support the show. We offer incentives over there, including polls. You can help us choose what we talk about just like it was chosen when we talked about this week shout out to uh patreon subscriber tamson who has been pushing for this for a long time i'm happy we got to see it through together me too too. i hope this is what you wanted friend um and uh shout out to all of our patrons but also shout out to anybody out there listening we invite you to tell a friend Maybe this wouldn't be the episode to say, hey, there's this podcast about Alkaline Trio. Would be an odd one. But either way, we uh, we appreciate you helping us become the number 877th ranked yes. uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, the music podcast. Great power, great responsibility. Um, gonna, I, I assume that that's where we're at based on last week's performance. We're going to get the Mutt Bump this week, though. Oh, yeah, that Mutt Bump. Mm-hmm. Um, but we gotta we gotta do things to to make it last. It can't just be Jason Siegel comes in, makes a movie, and then forgets about us. Yes, we gotta keep things going. So tell a friend, help us get the word out. 
all of those things. We'll be back next week with another installment, another episode. He's at DB Anthony. I'm at Better Yet Pod. We are out of time. We'll see you next week. Thanks, folks. We're in Saskatchewan. Welcome all the same bullshit, it's come back again Moving right along, nice town